What's going on, guys? Happy Tuesday. So today we did our NFL podcast. So we started off with me getting a little overexcited about the Jets, and then we went on to recap the New York Giants. Then we went into the AFC and did a full breakdown of every single game, moved on to the NFC and did the same. We recapped our picks of last week. Sean and I actually ended up knotted up at 2-2 two and two going into week two. Then we uh, did a preview of the Jets and the Giants as well as made our picks at the end. And then we made our final two picks. So we will talk to you guys next Monday when we do our traditional pod. Uh, follow us on Instagram at sorry underscore sports. Follow us on Twitter at sorry sports. Always check out sorrysports.com and enjoy the pod. What's up, everybody? It is the NFL edition this week of Sorry to Interrupt, um, and I know what you're all thinking. We need Tom's reaction, so we're going to get right into the game that really mattered Happy from last Tuesday. week. Happy Tuesday. The Redskins and the Cardinals. I just um, want to <laughs> start off with, uh, with a sincere thank you. Um, thank you to the Colts. Thank you to the Browns, and thank you to the New York Giants, Sean's favorite team especially, for letting the Jets draft. Sam fucking Darnold. Also, just want a quick sidebar. Mark Sanchez's first game, he threw three touchdowns against the Texans. So there was quite the similar reaction. You were holding that one back. <laughs> that was, that but was it, cute. I am not it was here. Cute. I am not Enjoy Shaquan while he lasts. I am not here to rain on your parade today. I have no leg to stand on. Sir, the floor is yours because we know where we're starting. What a game. I mean, Jesus Christ, I am riding high. I mean, we'll start off with Sam Darnold just because he is the story. Obviously, he starts off the game with a pick six. Um, not a great way to now start. that was very Jets-like. Yes, it was. And I was like, here we go again. But I was confident. I was confident in the kid to come back, and he did exactly what you expected. He made all that one play. That play wouldn't have worked in college. That play doesn't work in the NFL. The way he turned around and threw it back across his body. Maybe that worked for him in high school, but that's not going to work. He learned from his mistakes. He made all the right plays. He led the team down the field, and they and they stuffed a touchdown in with a run the next time. And he made all the throws that you need to see. Scrambling around, throwing on the run, you know, get, getting first, second, and third reads out of the pocket, really picking on a Nunwa, and then he threw an absolute dime to Robbie Anderson. Even Terrell Pryor got involved a little bit there, too. Um you know, passing to the running backs, dumping it down to the flat when he had to. I mean, listen, there's still improvements to be made, and I think that this was the Jets being a much improved team with a combination of the Detroit Lions being an absolutely terrible team. Um, I told you I didn't like Matt Patricia when we did our preview, and I think I was on par with that one. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to go with week one overreactions, which we have to because we have one game to go off of, yeah, the that was a combination of good Jets and putrid Lions. That's that a good word. was awful performance. I want to just the give Jets, you a side note here. Go. The over-under for this game was 45.5 points. The Jets outscored that on their own. Yeah, that's crazy. And I had said Tom to Tom off-air, I was like, Shit, man, when I got home, I turned on a baseball game. I wanted to see how the Yanks were doing, and I did not think that I would be turning out turning it on because of a blowout in the game because the Jets were winning. Yeah, so, man. And then going off of that, I think that 
aside from Sam Darnold looking like, you know, the second coming of Jesus Christ himself. Oh, my God. Um, You know, their defense looked really, really good last night. Darren Lee, the third-year linebacker out of Ohio State. The highest State. rating of any defensive player in week one in the NFL this week. Yes, he, um, you know, they, they really wanted to see him turn the page this season. If he can keep that up. He looked great. They got a lot of pressure, and they really beat up Matt Stafford. I don't know why they put him back in Five that game after that blowout. Five interceptions by Stafford. Five interceptions. Jamal Adams got his first pick ever. That team, that team just looked really good on all sides of the ball. The Jets dominated that game, really, aside from the opening pick and also once the Lions tied it at 17. The Jets dominated that game in every facet of the game. They returned, I believe it was a punt for a touchdown. Yep. Um, they forced the five interceptions. The defense was flying all over the field, knocking Stafford to the ground, ball hawking for those interceptions. And then the offense was rolling. I mean, it's one of those games that it's kind of you get the snowball effect where – uh, you know, when, once it kind of starts going downhill, it, it's it's unstoppable. And you got to give the Jets a whole lot of credit. Uh, listening to Jet fans talk and, and you who, you know, you got to go off this one game. And why shouldn't you be excited? I mean, buying Super I'm Bowl tickets are probably I don't have a this, little that bit much of a to leap of for, faith. But you know, there you when go. When I was a Jets fan, I just don't have, you know, you don't have much to go off of here. When the last time they were even relevant, they were going to championship games with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez. And you knew you didn't have anything Listen, above that we there. Know, that was we their know that Darnold ceiling. was the best pick. We'll see what's going to come of it. You know, they got the Dolphins this week who came off a nice win against the Titans that I don't think anybody really saw coming. But enjoy it. That was a hell of a performance on Monday night. It, there was an op- I didn't think that they were going to win that game. You didn't think they were going to win that game, but we thought we were gonna, they were going to keep it close, and that was an ass-whooping. And props to Todd Bowles. He had them really prepared to play that oh, game. Yeah. And much, you know, on the opposite side of the coin, Matt Patricia looked completely in over his head. And, and maybe, you know, that team looked really bad. I'm still not saying, you know, for our argument of whether third or fourth because the Bears blew a horrible loss, which we'll get into later. But, um... Either way, what a performance for the New York Jets. you got to feel great. And this is why you love football because, you know, if you lose, then it kind of sucks because you got to sit there and listen to sports talk radio and everything, talk about it as the Lions are right now, that the sky is falling. But when you win, it feels good for a whole week. I was looking back because the Jets don't get a lot of national TV games, you know, generally unless it's early in the season. And I was looking back to a Week 7 matchup in 2013, Geno Smith's rookie year, where they went down into uh, Atlanta on Monday night and beat down the Falcons. And, you know, you certainly hope that the Darnold era goes better than the Geno Smith era. And I think that's really, you got to, really you got to pump the brakes. Me down here. I'm not Jesus trying to Christ. break it down. You're comping Sam Darnold to Mark that's Sanchez not what I said. and Geno Smith. I said for one game, so you, you don't salty. go nuts. You are I'm, so salty. It's disgusting. That's not even the point. You make me sick. <laughs> that's not even the point. You make me sick buying Super Bowl tickets. We're going to Super Bowl tickets after one game, but that's not the point. The point is, is that it's one game. You got to be excited with what you've got. It, the general consensus for any football fan knows that Darnold was the better pick than any Geno Smith, than any Mark Sanchez. This is the guy that you want to ride with. And for one game, for sure, it looked like not only him, but the rest of the team. And, you know, we were talking about college football, right? Like, particularly that Miami-LSU game. What was it? Really bad Miami or really good LSU? This was one of those games to me. Are the Lions really as bad as they played last night? Are they a two-win team? Because that's sure as hell what they looked like. And are the Jets... 
you know, a not a nine to eleven win team, which is certainly how they played last night. I don't think so. I, I think, think both are somewhere, somewhere in the middle, in the middle yep. for both those teams, and that's totally fine. Tom, man, I, I was happy for you. All, Thank all, you. All, I really appreciate all, that. It's all, heartfelt. All, all fucking with you. You know, that was <laughs> that was. Uh, you got to feel good, and, and you know why not? I have to watch my Giants re relive the 2017 season, which I will now get into. Moving on to that, so they because lost to the Jaguars. They lose to the Jaguars by Their five. Their offensive line looked terrible. Sucks. It sucks. And Shaquan Barkley would have had a, basically a pedestrian day had he not just broken one off on his own. It doesn't matter where they put Eric Flowers. The fact that he, he still has a job on an NFL team, the guy is a turnstile. Truly the one of the worst picks. Like If you look up draft busts in the in the history, he has to be there, being drafted ninth overall. I mean, I think that actually gives Vernon Golston a pass now for for the for the draft pick that he was uh, yeah. as one of the worst picks of all time. What a what a terrible situation! And you know, Nate Solder wasn't great, but you know, we know the Giants overpaid for him. Will Hernandez didn't have a great showing. That was probably the worst team that the Giants could have played Week One because. All of their deficiencies are what the Jaguars do great. The Jaguars' defensive line is so good. They were beating everybody to Eli. And, and Eli actually started the game off okay, went 11 for 11. The things I take away, positives, Odell looked fully healthy and explosive I mean, on listen, the field. Odell, Odell started off with a huge matchup against Jalen Ramsey, one of the toughest DBs in the league. And man, he he was spinning him in circles in some of these plays. And I think he's I texted you this yesterday. I think he's poised for his best year yet. Healthiest and best year yet. I don't think there's a single guy in the league that can stop him. He's gonna be really fun to have from a fantasy perspective. And you know, I mean, this just goes to show why you were, you know, a little bit upset with the Giants draft pick. I hate to keep harping on it as Shaquan Barkley. No need, because I'm, I'm upset too. Odell and Shaquan both had great games, yet the Giants still lost so, because their offensive line was terrible and their defense was shaky at best. Right, so the defense was kind of a, a reclamation of last year. You know, they, they don't give up a lot of huge plays, but they don't get off the field. Now, in the second half, when Fournette came out of the game for Jacksonville, they were able to force a lot of punts. Um, but in the first half, you know, there was a lot of long drives and, and you know, can't get stops on third and five. Can't and get if stops you're doing on third that against six. Blake Bortles and an anemic passing game, I could only imagine what you're going to be doing. I won't say against the Cowboys who look terrible themselves, and we'll get into that later, but against some of these other teams with much better quarterbacks and much better wide receivers. They've got goals. a lot to clean up. But, you know, uh, Beckham is obviously a positive. You know, when Eli had time, he looked he looked fine. You know, he's certainly not going to be a problem if he's given the opportunity to make plays. The things that I saw, though, are probably a lot like what last year was. You know, they they really struggled with drop passes. Uh, Shepard and Ingram both dropped crucial passes that would have led to first downs and probably longer drives. Um, you can't have that. You know, Ingram is a tight end by trade, but he's really a wide receiver. You need to make plays like a wide receiver because you don't do a whole lot else. Um, obviously, Eric Flowers on the right side, he had a tripping penalty called against him because he was beat so bad that he couldn't even commit a holding penalty on Calais Campbell. Um, that was a matchup nightmare from the get-go and lasted throughout the rest of the game. And I will say this about Saquon Barkley. He showed every reason from a talent perspective why he should have been the number two overall pick. That run he had, I haven't seen a Giants running back be able to do that really since Ahmad Bradshaw broke one in Buffalo his first year. 
but he showed every also every reason why he should not have been the Giants pick at two. Because yep. when you have Beckham and Barkley showcasing their far superior talent, I mean, I think Fournette is a great in-between-the-tackles running back. I don't think that he has the explosiveness that Barkley has. Barkley does things, you know, from that hesitation standpoint and has that explosiveness that few guys have in the league. Also has the agility and nimbleness to stay in bounds down the sideline. That run was impressive. Obviously, we spoke to what Beckham did at 11 catches for over 120 yards. You have talent like that, and they don't sniff the end zone. And that's the problem is neither of those guys will be the reason why they win or lose. Because they they can't do anything in the red zone. They're settling for field goals constantly. They don't have enough time to create plays because the offensive line can't hold up long enough or consistently enough. And that's what's going to be a precursor. And to the Giant fans that don't like seeing Eli, well, now that there's really no future quarterback in plans unless something crazy happens, you, this is pretty much what you're going to see for a while. You're going to see an, a, an amazing running back and an amazing wide receiver, and they neither of them will be the reasons they win. Yeah, man, and I think you know you did a really good job summarizing this back from your article in the uh, in the late summer on the SorrySports.com where you talked about Shaquan and how you're going to root for him, and he's going to have every single game like this. He has a chance to go for 2,000 yards this season, but you're still going to lose 20 to 15 to the Jacksonville Jaguars when you don't sure up positions that are, you know, not as sexy as a running back or you're not going to get drafted first in fantasy, but they're crucial to winning. So, you know, I think you're going to be seeing that a lot this year as a Giants fan because there's no there's no offensive linemen coming off the scrap heap. That it's sad to say that are better than Eric Flowers, but it's tough, man. I mean, honestly, anything's better than Eric Flowers. I'm just tired of watching him play. Like You sound beaten up, man. Just pick it up a little I'm bit. I'm good, you man. I'm good. But it was literally like watching last year. Like Honestly, if you didn't tell me that the schedule changed or the seasons even changed, and this was just an extension of last year, I would have said, yeah, this is a lot like watching last year. Um, once again, I don't know. I really thought that was the worst matchup they could have had week one. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville didn't wow me. They just have a great defensive front. And their offensive line is really good. Bortles made some plays. I don't know how the Giants defense got better. That was at least encouraging. We'll see them Sunday night in Dallas. You know, like you said, we're going to get into that game against uh, the Panthers, but they looked pretty bad themselves. So I don't really know. I think the Giants are better than last year, but that performance, it sure didn't look like it. No offense to be seen. Um, a couple big plays, but really nothing else. So that was my takeaway from the Giants game. You gave yours for the Jets right now. It's much better to be a New York Jet fan on I think this, this day. may be the first time this has ever been recorded since Joe Namath was playing quarterback for the Jets. It's better to be a Jets fan right now than a Giants fan. That's so crazy. Crazy to believe, but let's go around the AFC. So you, the Browns didn't lose. <laughs> but they didn't win. They have their best record after week one since 2004. <laughs> Unreal stat. <laughs> That's just unbelievable. And the fact that they've already had more success this season than they did last year. And they haven't even won a fucking game. It's just crazy. Let the jokes just keep going. Yeah, we can no, do this all day. <laughs> yeah, but let's exactly. get into the game now. So, 
It was a uh, terrible weather game. Ben Roethlisberger, I believe, threw four or five interceptions, five interceptions, which he seems to do at least once a year. It always seems to be in terrible weather, usually a little bit later in the year. But yeah, maybe he decided to get it out of his system early this year. If you're going to get it out of your system, this was the team to do it to. Yes. Um, so James Conner has two touchdowns, and I think he had about 130 yards rushing. They don't really look like they miss Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown took care of business, did his thing. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Tyrod Taylor was not very good at quarterback, um, but did enough to keep them in the game rushing-wise and, and throwing-wise. Yeah, he led them back down 14 in the fourth. Landry played all right. Josh Gordon had a touchdown. Um, this game was, you know, a, a tough game because of the re- because of the weather. Yeah, and, and I don't think, you know, obviously the Browns, you know, by their standards played well, but they didn't play a good game, and, and the Steelers really did everything they could to give that game to them. You know, Boswell yeah. missing the kick. As a Browns fan, you got to be happy. As a Steelers fan, you got to be really nervous. Yeah, and that was a that was a really bad – that was a bad performance. I mean, the, like I said, I mean, missing that kick – as with four seconds left, you've got to win that game. I mean, game. if you're Big Ben, you're playing on the road against the Browns. I know the weather was tough, but it's not like it was 20 degrees. This is the time that you want to have Big Ben on the road. I don't care who you're against, and you should have won this game by at least a touchdown. I do think that is a game where you do miss Le'Veon Bell, though, because I think of the extra dimension that he brings. Connor played very well, and we both were in agreement that he was going to succeed. From all flashes that he had last year, he looked solid. But he's not Le'Veon Bell, and I think Le'Veon Bell on that team probably wins that game. They find a way to win that game with him. Yeah, I, I definitely couldn't agree with you more on that one, but we'll, we'll see the Le'Veon Bell watch. haven't really heard anything recently. I did today, actually. There's a report that he could be ready to play this Sunday. Okay. So they're looking to get the deal taken care of by the end of the week, get him in there. Apparently, he's been doing you know great conditioning on his own, and we'll get him in there. Who knows, but that's the report that I saw today. Well, well that's a way to see from kind of NFL thing. network too. All right. So our second team in the AFC that we're going to go over second t- game, but there really was only one team on the field <laughs> is the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely throttling. As you wrote, Nathaniel Peterman and the Buffalo bills, 47 to three. Why you didn't take this in your survivor league. I know nobody cares about anybody else's leagues. I don't, I'm scratching my head. Well, that's only because the Saints lost. If the Saints won that game by 17, then nobody would be saying anything. I still would I would have saved the Saints for later on in the season, but whatever. Oh, no, that division's not – I mean, you, I always look for games in Survivor with teams who are, you know, if they play in good divisions, you're not going to pick them to win many division games in Survivor, so that eliminates a lot of games. That's neither here nor there. What did happen is I think Joe Flacco kind of felt the heat a little from Lamar Jackson, and he put on a performance yeah, he hasn't done for bills, a while. But I understand. Understand, but he played great. It's he not did. like he. It's not like they won seventeen to three. Even he, he was like twenty five for thirty six passing. Now's the time to go up to Buffalo when it's a little bit warmer, a little bit nicer out. And I mean, we don't really have to say much about the Buffalo Bills. We had them predicted as one of the one to two worst teams in the NFL. You saw a little bit of Josh Allen in there towards the end. Lashawn McCoy had. 20 yards rushing something like that I heard that his case is going to be dropped so he's probably not going to be facing a suspension but in this offense they're going to stack the box on him I think Kelvin Benjamin might have had one catch two targets this team is fucking terrible it's awful I I will not watch probably 
unless I have some money riding on it or a huge fantasy player playing against them. Probably won't watch too much Buffalo Bills football well, aside from on them, red zone. Well, you'll get to see them play, play the your Jets, Jets of twice. course. Yeah. But besides that, um, and the Ravens, I mean, Michael Crabtree has a touchdown. John Brown has a decent game. Alex Collins ran really well, and you said to it earlier. I mean, I don't want to talk about the defense too much because you just don't know when you're playing that bad of a team. They did look really good, but I think me and you could have looked really good out there too. Probably. Um, but Joe Flacco had a really good game, and I think he, you know, if he has three, four more of these, he's going to solidify himself as the starter for at least this year. Yeah, I think he is the starter anyway. I don't think they'd remove him, but I unless he just plays unbelievably bad, which doesn't look like he will. You know, they were they were throwing Lamar Jackson into some different schemes, lining him out wide, running a couple trick plays with him, having Flacco still on the field, you know, kind of like a like a trickery play, uh, run out of the wide receiver formation. Anything to kind of get him on the field and give defensive coordinators fits, I think that they're going to kind of do. I mean, I know they're they're just kind of using him as their as as they're decoy in a lot of situations, but I do think they believe of, believe in him as a quarterback. That's why he's listed as the second on the depth chart. And even if they have no intentions of removing Flacco, I think having just that next young guy to show, Hey, we are making moves for the future. We need you to play well. Cause the thing with Flacco to me, and we spoke to this on our preseason predictions is he kind of has that air of complacency to him, you know, knowing that after winning a Super Bowl for them, even though that was six years ago now, that they, you know, he's kind of got a free ride. And I th- think that Harbaugh, knowing the pressures on him, especially losing that game to Cincinnati in Week 17 last year that allowed that Bills team to get into the postseason, you know, they, they've got to play well and they need to keep pace with the Steelers. And now they're in first place, tied for first place with the Bengals in the uh, in the AFC North. Yeah, and I mean, don't sleep on the Bengals, so let's go ahead and move into their game because I don't think you have to say much more about the Buffalo Bills either. No. There's not much to be said. Maybe I think Josh we actually Allen. did a really good job talking that much about them. <laughs> yeah, and it was only about a sentence. So, Like I said, I think we did a good job <laughs> talking about them. Um, so moving on, the Bengals um, figured it out. I, I actually had a bet on them this week. I thought they were going to be luck. A lot of people are low on them. I'm a little bit higher on them this year. I don't think I'm going to the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a competent team just about eight and eight which is Andy Dalton should just have that tattooed on his forehead (laughs) because that's basically what he is um Andrew Luck threw for over 300 yards I believe he had three touchdowns but a little bit more dink and dunk he did have one deep ball to T.Y. Hilton um aside from that there was really no running game terrible defense from the Indianapolis Colts Bengals had a really good defense and their offense looked good too yeah, they did. They and, fell and behind early. Yep, but they decided to come back. It looked like they were riding the momentum of uh, of Andrew Luck, you know, in that first little part of the game there uh, in Indianapolis. Them getting to see Luck on the field for the first time in a while. But yeah, I mean, he he, he his numbers were good. I think the most impressive thing about him was he took a couple of shots and he was able oh, yeah. to get right back up. He needs to learn how to take a sack properly because he got lit up a few times, and you get worried about that shoulder. Oh yeah, no doubt. But you know, he did get back up. He looked strong. Um, that team's just not good. We we talked about that. You know, he there's not much surrounding him, not much of a running game. The wide receivers outside of T. Y. Hilton really don't pose much of Got a, a threat. Got a good tight end, Jack Got, Doyle. Yeah, Doyle's solid. Um, 
I don't know. They how. shored up that offensive line, taking the guy that you yeah, thought the Giants should have Yeah, taking Quentin Nelson, took. but you know they were still getting they were still getting abused a little by that by that Cincinnati team, and and Cincinnati needs to win. I mean, they are the definition, not just Dalton. Well, Dalton kind of epitomizes that entire franchise, which is average. They don't suck, but they're not that good. They're, yeah, I will say, you know, AJ Green, AJ Green had a good game, and Joe Mixon looked really, really. Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, they have skill position players. I mean, that are very capable of putting up big numbers from the wide receiver position and the running back position also guys on that defensive side of the ball too so yeah to me I thought that Andrew Luck was maybe going to win that game and then you see the the Bengals coming back and chipping away and you watch you know I was tuned in on red zone in between the Giants games during that Giants game during those one o'clock games and yeah that was pretty much to me like okay they had the momentum early but they're just not talented enough to to you know continue that throughout the game yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the Bengals were just the better team in that one. So moving on to the next one, the Pats uh, beat up on the on the Texans, and this was a 27-20 finish, but it never really felt that close. Um, Deshaun Watson has a sloppy game. I think better days are ahead. For your sake, I hope better days are ahead. Picking yeah, him too. for MVP. Um, and Tom Brady spread the ball around. It looks like he's got a new new target in Philip Dorsett. Gronk had himself a game as per usual. Although, you know, the last few years, the Patriots like to protect Gronk. Don't really put him in situations where he can get hurt early. They were throwing balls into double coverage a lot this game. And I think they're really going to need Gronk this year, especially with Edelman out. They signed a few wide receivers this uh, a couple days ago. Um, Benny Fowler and Corey Coleman. We'll see how that goes. You know, Patriots pick up wide receivers all the time and cut them. At, you know, they've done it like 10 times over the last season. Um but I just think this was just a very Patriots-esque win. Yeah, I, I did too. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned the point about it really not being as close as the score finished because it wasn't. Um, that was a game that the Patriots looked like they just wanted to come out and establish Gronkowski and Brady spread the ball around and take advantage of kind of a rusty Deshaun Watson, which he looked. You know, he had opportunities to make plays overshot a couple guys, rushed a few throws. I think that's really just rustiness. He'll be fine. He'll man. be fine. Uh, you know, I I definitely looked at him from a skill set position and and I didn't see anything outside of of just missing on a couple of plays that would lead me to believe that he's going to have a bad year. But that offensive line is as bad as we thought it was and they did suffer an injury too to one of their starting offensive linemen who's now out for the season. So that's just going to decimate that unit that's already pretty compromised even more so. Uh, we'll see what they do next. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was a convincing win for the Patriots. I thought that, you know, at home, that was probably a game that they could have kind of cakewalk through. But they did play well. They, they, they asserted themselves as they generally do, and being at home helped a lot. And Watson missed on a couple plays. And I think, you know, put that game maybe in week 10, I think Watson converts on that and some of those games – some of those – uh possessions are are changed and maybe the score is a little more tight but for week one the Patriots handled their business and um they're they're in a three-way tie for first place in the AFC East with the Jets and the Dolphins (laughs) so moving on speaking of those Dolphins um I have to chalk this game up to the rain I think it was the longest game ever um, in NFL history, it was like an eight-hour game due to all these rain delays. When is the NFL going to stop putting early games in Miami and other places? I have no idea why. And and they just built a new stadium a couple years ago, the Hard Rock Stadium. And why they didn't put a roof on that, I don't understand why. 
It's ridiculous. I know it's I mean, football, not baseball, but it's still, you know, they, it was delayed for lightning. And you get legitimate lightning storms, and you are in the middle of hurricane season for the first part of their season. So you're going to get crazy their storms. their first game got canceled against the Bucks. Right. Why can't you put these games up north, and then the peop- then you can enjoy the, the warm weather when it gets a little bit colder? But so they beat the Titans 27-20. to 20. Mariota hurts his elbow. Supposedly it was some some type of contusion on his funny bone, and you don't have feeling in it. Whatever. Mariota is seems like he hasn't turned the page at all yet. Um I don't really I don't really know what else to say. I don't think Tannehill looked great. I don't think he looked bad. Kenny Stills had a really good game. They also had a kick return for a touchdown. And I mean Delaney Walker's out for the year, which is always tough That's to a see. Brutal injury. He's been the statistically, even more than Gronk, the best tight end in the in the uh, in the league for oh, the last wow. few years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean I, I don't really think this reflects badly it's upon the Gronk Titans. missed a lot of those games. Yeah, but, no, yeah. yeah. Um but you know, I still I still like Mike Vrabel a lot as a coach and I think a little bit cleaner of a game that doesn't last eight hours, the Titans take this one. Um, but you know the Jets have the Miami Dolphins next week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I'm interested to see how that one goes. Uh, the next one up, Patrick Mahomes, man, Whew. lighting up the Los Angeles Chargers. Good job, thank you. Um, so yeah, the Chargers got off to a really slow start, and I just think that he had his foot on the gas and he didn't take it off. No, I mean, he showed why that he's capable of making plays that just Alex Smith isn't. And now Alex Smith is very proficient. He was what he was. We spoke to him being kind of limited. Uh, when we talk about the NFC, we'll talk about his performance and his debut for Washington. But Mahomes showed why the why the why the Chiefs love him so much. Definitely took advantage of that deep threat and Tyree Kill throwing a couple bombs. And he's got a fastball on him, man. I mean, he threw a couple over the middle passes that were just absolute rockets. I mean, you gotta love what you saw from him. I was surprised how bad the Chargers' defense was because I we both of us were kind of in lockstep where we thought that their defense was going to be one of the best. And there's still time for that to change, but they faced a great offense. I think a guy like Joey Bosa not playing really affects the team. That's like losing a guy almost of Khalil Mack's level of play. So I think that really affected the team, and I just think they weren't ready for the Chiefs when they come out and punch him in the mouth like that. And and he and Mahomes did a good job spreading around the ball, and he didn't even really use aside from Tyreek Hill his big targets. I mean, Travis Kelsey had like one catch and. I don't know if you consider Sammy Watkins uh, an impact player anymore, but he only had one target as well. So, yeah. I mean, he, sp- he did a good job spreading the ball around. And Cream Hunt like, had a nice day. Yeah, he did. I think uh, Andy Reid seems like he still is the quarterback whisperer. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, he he's always been that way, and I think – He's a. I think Mahomes is a a bigger arm Donovan McNabb, and that's mm-hmm. really what he wants to have. Um, he he showed he can make every throw on the field. He's going to be a little erratic. He's not going to have the proficiency, then the accuracy, and you know, kind of the glamorized game managing skills that Alex Smith has. He's going to be a little more reckless, and I think in some games it might cost them, but. Not the other day. He looked great in just his skill set. I mean, you 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 know, you you talking about what you love to see from Sam Darnold. I think Chiefs fans feel equally about Mahomes because oh, yeah. they did move up and give up a lot to get him and moved on from a quarterback who is a very good, accomplished NFL quarterback in Alex Smith. So they they get that next dynamic, that next level talent in Mahomes. I'm interested to see what he does going forward because he set the bar pretty high the other day. Definitely. And then from a, a Chargers perspective, I mean, I I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl. 
I'm not going to overreact as everybody else probably will from week one. Their offense was really good. Their defense was just not, they didn't show up that day. And I think that their defense is going to be much improved and their offense will just keep rolling. I mean, Melvin Gordon had a good game. Um, Keenan Allen had a really good game. Phillip Rivers overall had a good game. Mike Williams had a couple really big plays. And even Austin Eckler, uh, a kind of a third down running back, had a good game as well. So that offense will be fine. And I think that defense is going to catch their stride within the next two to three weeks. Agreed, and that is a really tough offense to have to face week one because you're playing, it's a division It's a division team, you haven't seen Mahomes yet, and you know those, those young quarterbacks sometimes have the advantage early on because there's not a whole lot of tape on them other than the fact they know they can, he can throw the ball the length of the field. Um, I mean, it, Rivers did what he usually does, which is score points and, 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 and look good. But, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. The Chargers' defense is not giving up 38 points every week. Now, I think Kansas City's offense could be this good. Um, we'll see, obviously, going forward. I think there's going to the be consistency ebbs and flows as to the Jets. Yes. Yeah, but, you know, for a week one, you know, out in a beautifully warm Los Angeles that's an easy environment for Mahomes to really cut it loose, and, and he did just that. All right, so moving on, you have the final game of the AFC, which is Case Keenum and the Denver Broncos beating the Seattle Seahawks 27-24. to Doug Baldwin was out in this game. I think he played one series, and then they found out that he had a uh, MCL sprain. So I think that really hindered the Seahawks because he's by far shoulders and heads above uh, their best wide receiver, and they really couldn't do anything with the running game. This is a testament to the Broncos' defense. Case Keenum played well enough to win, but he still did throw um, three interceptions. But I mean, they gave up a few. They bend and they didn't. They bent, but they didn't break. Pretty much. Yep. But he also threw threw three touchdowns, which the Broncos haven't had a quarterback who's been able to do that since you know even Peyton. So that was what I told you that I thought kind of was going to be the thing. I didn't think Keenum would be as good as he was in Minnesota. You were right. But he, he has the capability, even if he, I mean, he to be throws, competent. Yeah. He throws interceptions. I mean, what quarterback doesn't these days, but he, he also has the ability to make big plays, which is something that they've really lacked. And I definitely believe that the Broncos defense will get better and better. Uh, that was a, that was a good win because Seattle, you know, for, for all their deficits, actually played a pretty good game, um, a little bit more than I thought they would. I thought going into mile high with that defense uh, that Denver possesses really going nuts. I, I thought that game wasn't going to be super close, and it turned out to be. Yeah, I mean, Case Keenum is going to keep pace in that AFC West because he has the ability to give them a semblance of an offense. And with the defense playing the way that I believe and I know I think you believe that they will – they're going to win games, maybe not 27-24, but they're going to win games, you know, 24-17, you know, 20-13 to 13 mm-hmm. kind of scores just because he's better than Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch and yes. Brock Osweiler. I think, I think they're going to be a, a serviceable team this year. I don't remember if I had them going to the playoffs or not. I don't think I did. But uh, all right, so Neither of on, us did. Moving on to the NFC, um, our first game of the season, I believe we were recording during this game, uh, the Eagles win a barn burner of a game, but it was absolutely terrible. First game of the season, you know, get it out of the way, but they beat the Atlanta Falcons. Um And the first thing I'm going to take away from this, and I think it was kind of the most obvious thing, at least it was for me personally, was 
you said same old, same old Giants, same old, same old Falcons. They could yes. not get a thing done in the red zone. That was terrible. It was really bad. That was a disgusting game. Devontae Freeman could not get a thing going either. I don't know how good he's going to be this season. I don't understand why they can't do anything in the red zone with the talent that they have because they have the running backs to do it. They have the receiving core to do it. They looked awful, man. And that was the same problem that they faced in that divisional game in Philadelphia, too. They couldn't punch the ball in when they needed to. They put up a, a double frame, and it was Julio Jones on the last play of that game and Julio Jones the last play of this game. Almost a mirror image of the two of them. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and for Philly, you know, Foles struggled big time, but they still were able to win because defense that defense is business, really, yeah. really good. And Ajayi uh, looked good running the ball as well. Yeah, they, I don't know how they, long he'll stay healthy, but... They control the clock. Um, they they just need Foles to make the plays. I I think we're in we're in agreement that he's not going to play anywhere near the level that he did on that insane postseason run. He'll regress he a little bit, but he just needs to keep them in the game until the Wentz fort. comes back, yeah. and he will. That team's good enough around him where they can win disgusting games like this. And and there was a lot of I I read a lot saw a lot of headlines, read a lot of reports that oh these aren't the same Phillies as the Super Bowl, the Philly Eagles as the Super Bowl team. Keep in mind that you didn't have your MVP candidate. I know Nick Foles was playing out of his mind, and he got hot at the perfect time. And that's probably the only reason why they won the Super Bowl. But you don't have Alshon Jeffrey, who's by far your best wide receiver, and you don't have your probable MVP quarterback of last season as well. And I think it's gonna. this is going to be a different offense when those two guys come back. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think it's going to go back to one of those top-tier offenses in the NFL. Yes, and another thing that is to their benefit, especially after watching week one, is they're not going to have to do too much to win this division. No, the division's not going to be that good. Um, you say that very depressing. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I said it in the predictions too, you know? <laughs> You're absolutely right. I mean, I don't, you know, they could go 9-7 and seven and win this division. I think it would take 10-6 and because I do think that both the Giants and Cowboys have the ability to go nine and seven if they, you know, if things really fall right. Hell, maybe I'm wrong and the Redskins do because when we get to that game, they really kicked in, uh, kicked in the the uh, Arizona Cardinals. But moving on to the next game um, is my NFC MVP pick and Kirk Cousins Looked good. had a really good first showing in Minnesota. Man, I, I was really impressed with that. You know, he he had the, all the pressure on the war, in the Spread world the on him. Around Spread great. the ball around. Cooks great. looks really good yep. back from injury. Diggs had a big touchdown early. That was the first touchdown Thielen, pass that Cousins Thielen went threw. over a hundred yards, and Cooks looked really good coming back from his injury. Yeah, and you know what? It was 24-16, which is an eight-point win. It's not a huge win. They didn't light up the scoreboard, but Cousins made all the plays. And he showed why he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. That team is so freaking good on that both sides of the even ball. Better yeah, and last Jimmy year. G really did struggle. I mean, he was an interception guy early on last year, even though he won those games. Yeah, I'm not that surprised either. That's a tough environment to go into week one. Um, I'm interested to see the trend in which he he plays at going forward. But yeah, man, that, that was that was a nice win for Minnesota. They're just going to keep going. I think that team is really good. I think that was a matter of the defense just completely stifling Jimmy G. And also they were kind of scrambling because they lost uh, Jarek McKinnon, who was going to be a centerpiece of that offense. And I think they're going to come into their own when it, when it comes to the running back position soon between Breida and Alfred Morris. Maybe they could go out and get another running back as well. And also, their number one wide receiver, Chris Godwin, only played one series with a calf.
calf bruise. When he comes back, and I think also not having to play the Minnesota Vikings again, I think that's really going to help out Jimmy G. I'm really not worried about that team because, again, we didn't pick them to make the playoffs. We didn't pick them to go, you know, 14-2 and two or whatever you want to say. No. I think this will be a competent team, and I think Jimmy, um, Jimmy Garoppolo will have a, a good fantasy year and a good year you know, taking a step forward as one of the next best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, but for the Minnesota Vikings, I think, yeah, I think this is going to be a very slow, inclined uptrend to being one of the best teams in the NFL, and they got off to a great start. They did, and having that game at home, you know, you know, those fans were ready to go. They felt like, you know, they were as good as anybody with a chance to go to the Super Bowl last year and host that game. So I'm interested to see what they're going to keep going. But, yeah, Cousins, Cousins kind of – as, as bad as I felt about the Deshaun Watson pick in week one, I felt just as good about Kirk yes, Cousins in week you're one. You're so, Let's go on to Moving the game to my that Super Bowl screwed champions. everybody in a survivor pool. And also, Tom, how about that Saints defense, man, your Super Bowl pick? Good God. And your former boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> going nuts. Um, Listen, there's always a few of those games in the season where – Nobody gets it right, and that's but not like that. No, no, there is a few every year. I'll have to look back next year and from last year and get back to you on it. I think just the Saints just were not prepared. Forty-eight points at home to Fitzpatrick. I'm not worried about this. I think I don't think this defense will be as good as last year, but I think they'll be more than serviceable, and I think this offense is going to end up being even better. Well, the offense wasn't the problem. Nope. They scored forty points, and Breeze, you know, put them on the back. But you, can, we were talking about the Buccaneers being one of the worst teams in the league, and now they still might finish that way. But I mean, come Jesus, on, that's crazy. I, if there's anybody that had the worst week in the NFL, it was it was Jameis Winston. Yeah, true, true, true. This guy might lose his starting job and end up having to play somewhere else, or who knows? Maybe he'll be in the XFL. I, I really don't know, <laughs> but um, I'd yeah. probably watch that. Yeah, me too. Maybe he'll be Johnny Manziel's backup in the CFL. You never know. But um, I mean, this game I don't have an explanation for. Um, last week in our picks, I believe I took the Saints, and um, I I just don't have an explanation. And the line was huge as well, but. Yeah, I did. I took New Orleans uh, minus nine and a half, and I, I don't have an explanation. I really don't even know what to say. The offense looked great. The defense clearly looked terrible. But I think better, a lot, lot, lot better days are to come for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm still going with them in my Super Bowl pick. I'm trying not to overreact. Yeah, which is funny because when it fits both your narrative, you've got to overreact. Both my <laughs> Super Bowl teams lost by, I think, a touchdown or more. Yeah, not in first, good in the first week of the season. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, with week can only one, go up. with week one, yeah, you hope, right? I mean, with week one, you you have to overreact because you only have one game to base things off of. Because last year, now officially, doesn't matter, and you can only look at one week. And you know, the games that you want to overreact to because they make you happy, you got to kind of sit back. And then in the games that you want to go nuts about, you also got to kind of sit back and look at the big picture. No, I do not think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to play at that kind of level. We know what he is, and we even talked about it. He reminds me so much of a Jeff Garcia who, when he's not anointed the guy or he has to fill in for suspension or he has to come in due to injury, he can really play well because all the cards are stacked up against him and he kind of likes it that way. Um, but when he's given the keys to the car, as you most recently witnessed, he's not the guy for the job. But one thing that I am troubled by by that game 
well, two things. One, obviously, just statistically, that was one of the worst defensive performances I could have possibly imagined from a team who I also picked to go deep. I had that them losing me, to the Vikings. That in the game NFC actually reminded me a lot of uh, it was a Giants Saints game a few years yes, ago where there was yes, a shootout. Yep, that was back when the Giants could score points. Um, that was <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was uh, that was a really crazy game. And, and on top of that, too, is you know. There's going to be opportunities across the landscape of the NFL, and we still need to see how the division goes um, because we thought all three teams would be really good. Atlanta couldn't have looked much worse. Carolina didn't wow us. We'll get to them in a minute. But the Saints, I don't know what they are off of that game. I know they're going to score a lot of points, but if their defense plays anywhere close to that, they're not going to have a chance. And and it didn't look like they were prepared to play. And that's a problem because it's not like that game was in Tampa. That game was in the Superdome, which we have always believed that to be a major advantage for them. Yes, they can give up points. You know, they've won mostly because of their offense in the past. But that was a very troubling performance by a team that a lot of people thought really highly of based off of last year. Anything can happen. We'll see. Um, I... I was in a survivor pool and we actually are redoing a survivor pool because so many people lost this game in the Steelers game that it was like out of like 320 something people, there's only 30 something left. So absolutely ridiculous. Um, pretty crazy, but there's a lot of time to go. And I'm sure Sean Payton is going to correct a lot of those mistakes and maybe cut a couple of the culprits that helped add to that, you know, that dismantling. Yeah, man, it's week one. Got to wait and see. I'm, I'm still going to stick with my Super Bowl picks. I can't be falling back on it this early. They'll be there at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on, the next game, the uh, the Redskins. This was one of my picks that I felt really good about. I thought this line was very, very sketchy. I'm glad I picked the Redskins. They they took a shit on the uh, – Alex Smith looked really good. They took a shit – and. Adrian Peterson looked really good. Not really good from a yards per carry average, but he stayed healthy throughout the whole game, and they handed him the ball a lot. They beat up on the Arizona Cardinals 24-6. to Yeah, I give the Redskins credit because I thought they would win that game, um, but the Redskins kind of are like the Cardinals in the sense that they just reek of underachievement and mediocrity, and, you know, they, they really don't play well. Um and wow, they did look good. And I will say this, and, and you know, I love Kirk Cousins because I think of his big playability, and that's why I picked him to win the MVP, particularly because of the team he's on. But he's also kind of more of a gunslinger and a risk taker that Alex Smith is not. And I think on that team, he really fits. And you could see why Gruden wants him because, you know, Jordan Reed was healthy, played really well. Um, Peterson ran the ball well, and he's not going to make plays, those reckless interceptions. He's you're not going to make. Gonna be, you're never going to be in the negative for him when it comes to plays. He's never going to make a mistake. He's great at finding the tight end. Jordan Reed, when he's healthy, is one of the best tight ends in football. They have one of the better slot receivers in football in Jamison Crowder and one of the best third down backs, kind of uh, trick play running backs in Chris Thompson. And, you know, Alex Smith loves to throw the ball into the flat, those short passes, and he can make something out of nothing like nobody else in the league. So 
They, they have a decent looking offense, you know? Yeah, um, they do. As long as they stay healthy, I like their chances to, to maybe, you know, based off of how the Giants and Cowboys look, maybe they're that second team in yeah. the NFC East. Obviously, a lot to go, and they are the Redskins, and until that changes you know i i don't trust them at you know going down the stretch at all but they have good ju- weapons just look yeah they do and just flipping it over to arizona you know bradford was horrible that team doesn't really have anything uh outside of fitzgerald and johnson which johnson. we knew um very underwhelming performance six points i thought they would score at least a touchdown couldn't do that um yeah man i mean that's a bad team that's a really bad team and i think we both picked them to be one of the worst in the league as well Based off week one, that certainly looks to be the case. Yeah, so moving on to another NFC East team, the Dallas Cowboys, um, their defense looked decent. It really did, um, but they lost to the Carolina Panthers 16-8. to And as much as their defense looked decent, their offense looked terrible. Yeah, I was shocked at how bad. Aside, uh, you know, aside from Ezekiel Elliott, who's always going to be there until they start stacking the box on him, which I think teams are going to do more and more often. I think the Giants are going to see a lot of that this Me week too. coming. Their wide rec- who is their number one wide receiver? I think in the end of the year, it's going to end up being Michael Gallup. You see Des Bryant going off on Twitter every second of every day about oh, he this loved shit. it. Yeah, yeah, he he was really enjoying it. Dak Prescott looks like he's regressed almost every single season he's played in the NFL. He was taking sacks that I just couldn't believe. He has no feel for the pocket. He actually took a sack fumble um, as well, and it just. This offense looks terrible, and I'm putting my money on Jason Garrett, first coach fired. Yeah, he might be. I mean, they have more expectations. And remember, I picked them to be the second team out of the NFC East because I don't trust my Giants. And and now it looks like they're both kind of in the same boat, which will make Sunday night you know, interesting. You may interesting. still be right. But. Yeah, I might still be right. But, you know, one thing's for sure is they pose no threat to Philadelphia. And... That offensive line, the losses that they've had on that line, I think are even bigger than what I immediately thought. Those, and not having Frederick, having the other injuries, you know, not having those skill position players outside of Elliott, Witten being gone, that's a security blanket that really, whether it was Romo or Prescott, really is Side going note to miss. on Jason Witten. Did you watch those two Monday night games? I had to put both of them on fucking mute. I'll tell you that. I couldn't stand it. Um, I actually had it on for about 10, 15 with sound. And then I remembered there was another podcast I wanted to listen to instead. So. On the same way, man. That <laughs> was, was abysmal. I mean, it, he's it so terrible. vanilla. Like it was like, what you're not really bringing a whole lot to the table here. Now I, on the other side, I got to say, I, I am a Romo guy. I think he's a really, I think he's really good. Yeah. I like Romo too. Everybody makes fun of him and he deserves to get made fun of for some of his but he antics. Knows where he's like, he's eh, so, eh. He knows what's going on, and you know what? Like, kind of calling the plays in the booth is a thing that, you know, we haven't really seen from a broadcaster. And as long as it's not Aikman, I'm pretty much fine. Um, All <laughs> or right, maybe so, Collinsworth. So but back to the game. Going back to the game, right. How did we even get to that? Because um, you mentioned Jason Witten. That's moving right. On, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Dallas Cowboys. I have a couple Cowboys fans in my life, and they're trying to justify this offensive line for me. And I'm saying, I don't see it. I don't see it. And you know what? I was right because he got beat up. Um you know, and they just looked like a very, very, not even mediocre, just a bad offense. Yeah, I mean, Prescott hasn't shown that with the without the ability of the best offensive line in the NFL, which they were two years ago, mm-hmm. 
and with a healthy Ezekiel Elliott or a not suspended Ezekiel Elliott, he hasn't shown the ability to make big plays. And I think that's going to hurt them a lot because he's pretty limited. It looks to me like he's the book is now out on him. And I remember him at Mississippi State very well. He had an ability to just run over defenses and use his mobility and scrambling and pass ability outside of the pocket to win a lot of games. But I remember games against LSU and I remember when he was really like early season Heisman watch, they went to Tuscaloosa and Saban just beat him down because he they took away his other weapons and he just could not make plays. And it's starting to look like the rest of the NFL is taking notice and saying with a diminished offensive line, with a running back who's really good in between the tackles, a lot like a Leonard Fournette, but can't do a whole lot else without the help of the O-line. He's not much of a threat. He's not going to beat you downfield. They don't have the security blanket of the Jason Witten. And that's a tough situation for them to score points. Um, So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be two tough, uh, anemic offenses coming up. I mean, the Giants certainly have the skill position players that should run run all over the Cowboys, uh, at least win that offense-to-offense battle. But the defense looked good. I mean, Cam looked... Solid. He didn't look great. What'd you take from the Panther side? I mean, now Olsen's hurt out indefinitely with a foot. I think they're going to lean on McCaffrey a lot more. Um, maybe they'll even have him running a little bit in between the tackles. That offense looked okay. I think that they have um, a rookie and more that they're going to try and integrate really slowly as the Cowboys will do the same in Michael Gallup. But yeah, from that, I, Funches had a lot of drops, like four or five that I happen to see that were really bad. And I mean, Cam, Cam just is, he's a good quarterback and he's a winner. And, and, and it was a very, very ugly game. One of the worst games to watch. On, it was right uh, up there Sunday. with the Eagles Falcons game. Yes. Yeah. And, and he figured out a way to ugly it up and get the job done. And that's all you really need from an, from a former MVP. And, you know, I mean, he didn't have a great fantasy day, nor did any of the Panthers or I think any of the Cowboys, but who gives a fuck? It wins a win for them. And I think that, that defense looked really good, although missing Thomas Davis is tough. And if you're playing a better team, that's going to be difficult. And Luke Keekley was down, and the trainers went out to see him, I believe, twice in that game. Yeah, and you and you said, I mean, just look for him. And, and I think on the other side, Sean Lee, I mean, he was healthy, which I think had that defense playing well. But if, God forbid, for them, he goes down again, I think you're going to see a lot of issues with the Cowboys defense as well. Sunday night should be interesting when we talk about some Week 2 matchups you know that's going to be one of them that uh, yes. that we're honed in on for sure. Going next into the comeback for the ages and just further establishing game, how man. absolutely incredible Aaron Rodgers is. If there's a guy that's worth every single penny, it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, now. or he. I mean, I will say this. I think I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, about some of the games, and I said he's probably still underrated and that's amazing yeah because he's that good he's made a lot of players careers um he leaned on in the in the second half he leaned on guys like Cobb who were just his safety blanket um didn't really see much of Jimmy Graham but I mean this was the Aaron Rodgers show and he won that game single-handedly I will admit that I went to bed when I saw Khalil Mack just take the ball from oh, Deshaun well, Kaiser. Yeah. And because I didn't, I, it looked like when Rodgers was carted off, there was no way he was going to come back. So I figured, you know, the Bears will do what they need to do and they'll win this game. I wake up, Bleacher Report, 
you know, notifications going up and I'm like, oh my God, he came back in. Oh my God, they won. And I'm yeah. like, but then again, I can't be surprised because if there's anybody outside of Brady in the league that I trust, it's it's only Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And he does things that no other quarterback, he is probably from a skill set position, the best ever. I mean, he does things that nobody else can do with his skill set. Coming back and doing what he did on one leg, I know the Bears aren't great. And they kind of went into Listen, the defensive Bears, mode where the they Bears really started lo- defensively. They are, but they lost kind of their aggressiveness on offense. They were, they were, you know, it looked like Nagy's first game as the head coach. He kind of froze up and didn't know what to do. He shorter in the end of that game. For yeah, sure. but but no t- no shortage or takeaway from what Rodgers did. What a performance! It shows. If they don't have him and you get Deshaun Kaiser, which I still can't believe that for a backup they went to Cleveland to get a quarterback. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they got no chance. But if they have him, they can beat anybody. Yeah, and then from a Bears side, I mean, Jordan Howard looked really good inside and outside the tackles. He clearly is the RB1 there. Tariq Cohen looked okay. Didn't really see much out of Trey Burton, who was their big pickup. Allen Robinson had, like, one catch. Trubisky looked decent in the first half and then yeah they kind of pulled the reins back on him in the second half and tried to not lose instead of win the game which is I think the reason why they eventually lost yeah they took the Blake Bortles route with him yeah I agree and that's why we're talking about what a comeback from Aaron Rodgers instead of saying oh my god Aaron Rodgers almost pulled that one off yeah exactly but props to him man I mean I, I wish I stayed up for it now but just to get to see the highlights incredible what he does on a week-to-week basis oh yeah man it'll be interesting to see because he's probably going to work out of the shotgun a lot more who knows what that injury actually yeah they said is. He, he's still questionable of whether he plays next game but. yes it'll be very interesting to see um but moving on to the last game of the day and talk about a running back that can run inside and outside the tackles Todd Gurley looks like every time he's handed the ball, he's just shot out of a cannon. I've, I, aside from Le'Veon Bell, I've never seen a guy run so hard yet so patiently. And he might run harder than Le'Veon Bell, but still be patient. It's incredible to watch him run the football. Oh, he's amazing. And what an offensive line he has to run behind. And, but not, that's not taking anything away from no, him. No, not You're at right. all. He is, he is absolutely, from a but, singular talent, amazing. But the thing I have to give all credit to is the head coach. I mean, he had some plays drawn up that were incredible. The ball got spread around. Robert Woods had, you know, uh, led the team in targets. Cooper Cup had a touchdown and eight receptions, and Brandon Cooks had eight receptions as well. They really, really did a good job spreading the ball around. I mean, the plays that he was running were so elaborate. The Raiders' defense didn't know what the hell to do. They went in. I think the Rams went into halftime. Um, losing the game, but then when they came out in the second half, I think he just turned it on, and he absolutely embarrassed John Gruden. He did, and that goes to show, you know, that old school, new school thing, that new school really really kicked the old school's ass, and and, and Gruden, man, I, he's such a character of himself, you know, like, he knew like, the looks he has, he knows the Monday night game, he knows when the cameras are on him, he really made that oh, yeah, game about him. his eyes and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, and, and you know, like, it really kind of deviates from the team, and, and Derek Carr early on was making plays, and, and as you said, in the second half, 
he just w- turned into a pumpkin. He couldn't make any plays. He was terrible. And that last interception, I don't know if you saw that play. Yeah, I saw it in a highlight. It looked like It looked like Sam Darnold's pick six, but like a thousand times worse. And that's like a fifth-year quarterback that's doing that kind of stuff. And listen, I know they talked about it on the broadcast, and you're going to mention a million times between now and then how much they miss Khalil Mack. I agree with you, but I mean – their first half, they carried nothing over to the second half, and I put that on the coaching. I yeah, put that I on the too. coaching and Derek Carr. Amari Cooper got one rush and one target all game. I understand this is probably by far head and shoulders the best secondary in football. He's got to get more targets than that. I I know you said this during the preview. You you didn't think we would ever hear from Jordy Nelson again. I didn't even know. The only reason why I knew he was on the field was because I was like, oh, where's the white tall guy? <laughs> oh, I think that's Jordy Nelson. Cooks Cook had a really good game at a tight end, and um, they're back. I mean, Mar- especially Marshawn, early. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch had um had had a rushing touchdown again, especially and early. Jalen Richard, their backup running back, I believe that's his name, number thirty. He looked really really good. I mean, Carr was checking down him like there was no tomorrow, which is not a good sign for that offense. That team just did not look very good, and. You know, coming after the first half, I was like, oh, you know, if they can keep this game close, but I should have known better that that team, the Rams I'm speaking of, were just going to come out and kick the shit out of them, which is exactly what they did. That offense looks electric, and that defense, especially with Marcus Peters being a ball hawk, had a pick six in the game. That team, you know, I might have to rethink my Super Bowl pick. (laughs) There's literally not a weak point on that team, offensively or defensively. And Goff, you know... there's some really good teams like you see at Jacksonville last year that had the weapons and they were kind of using Bortles as like a, hey, just do enough, but please don't fuck this up for us. McVeigh is saying, hey, here's your talent, uh, Jared Goff, and go. And man, yeah. he is reaping the it's benefits of that. It's different than being a game manager. He says, this is what you're really good at and we're going to build a playbook around that, which is a lot different than saying, hey, don't fuck up out there. Just you know, run these five plays and then we're just going to hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette and let him go go off. Yeah, it. you're right about Gurley. I mean, the guy is incredible. Does everything you can want from the running back position and then some. That defense is locked and loaded. In the second half, they didn't they didn't give up at all from you know the first minute to the last. They're a great team, and they're going to be there at the end of the regular season for sure. We'll see how far they advance, but you know, barring any some kind of crazy injury, they're animals on the offensive yeah. and defensive side of the ball. Just so. the most talent, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Even though I don't think I picked them to finish with the best record, I wouldn't be surprised if they were fourteen and two, something like that. I like seeing Gruden lose too, because you know what? He's just such. It just he had that narrative too. I'm not sure if you heard it, but like, oh, Khalil Mack didn't want to be here because, uh, you know, he. He obviously not wanting to sign, so he didn't want to be here. We don't want people who don't want to be here. Get the hell yeah. out. He wanted to be Did the you, highest played, paid p- player at his position with, as a Raider. It. Yes. As a Raider. You just didn't see the value in him, which is ridiculous. And you know what? I'm glad they lost because now I'm rooting against Did you them. see during the press conference when they were talking about it and he said that he didn't know that they gave up a second-round pick? 
I you should have fired him that. just That's for terrible. saying that. Of course you knew you gave up a second-round pick involved in the trade. And just the fact that you said that instead of just saying, like, yeah, I thought it was a really good deal still, got a lot of got a lot of return for it, even giving up that second. They weren't coming off it. The fact that you said you didn't know that and you continue to throw your front office under the bus is just absolutely idiotic. But the guy's got a five-year, $100 million Ten. deal. Oh, excuse me, 10-year. Yeah, this – Jesus Christ almighty. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. The fact that it's 10 years. But, I mean, I'm glad the Raiders lost too. I hope they go 0-16. This is absolutely embarrassing. I was never really a big John Gruden fan. I don't think he's going to be coming on the show anytime soon. <laughs> um, you don't think so? No, he's I He's not going to be so. our first big-time guest. You no. know what's funny, though, is too, is he's like, they asked him, this will be the last John Gruden uh, little tidbit. tidbit here. But they asked him, like, why did you so badly want to come back to coaching, particularly the Raiders? Like, Oakland's my home. I love Oakland. Oakland, these fans. It's like, you're moving to Vegas in two years. <laughs> <laughs> After, so when you have eight years left on your deal, you will be the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, that doesn't make any sense. He didn't say anything about the Raiders. He was talking about how much he loved Oakland. It's like, Dude, you, you really don't have a clue then, I guess. Well, maybe he'll commute from Oakland to Vegas every Sunday or whatever. He'll have the money to do it. Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, we just recapped the league. We're going to look ahead. We're going to make our picks. Um, first, let's do a recap of last week's picks, which I have in front of me right now. So we both went 2-2, two and two, so we're knotted up. Bet is still, be, is still to be determined. We're going to have to workshop that a little bit. If anybody wants to tweet at us at Sorry Sports and give us some suggestions, the door is open. All Just for let us now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you picked the Baltimore Ravens, which was a hell of a pick in hindsight, um, at the Buffalo Bills, minus 7.5. Don't have to say anything else about that. That was a blowout. Um, you took the Giants at the over the uh, Jaguars. That one was wrong, so you're 1-1. One one. God damn it. Tennessee at Miami. That one was a tough one. I mean, like I said earlier, I think that – that Tennessee would have won that game had it not been an eight-hour, uh, you know, affair. So I put you at one and two, and then not you up at two at two, baby. The New York fucking Jets. <laughs> the over we have on this sheet of paper was forty-five. They went well above that um, on their own. So then me, I am at two and two as well. I took the Giants um, with the spread. I was wrong on that one. Uh, my second pick was New Orleans at Tampa Ooh. at uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. I took New Orleans minus nine point five. Jesus Christ Almighty! <laughs> but I did have Washington at Arizona um, being Arizona being Fitzpatrick a one point haunted favorite. you again. Yes, he did. And then I had the Jets over the over the Detroit Lions. So that puts me at two and two. We're all knotted up. We're all tied up at two and two. So that brings us ahead. Um, to the next couple games. So we have – why don't we lead off with the locals. So um, the Jets are a one-point underdog. The line actually moved to the Jets being a three-point favorite, but we'll go with the first one where they are – you know, just because it'll be a little bit easier. They are a one-point favorite at home against the Miami Dolphins. I'm taking the Jets all day with this one. I will also be taking your New York Jets. The Dolphins had a nice win at home in, yes, not as nice as the, the Jets longest win. game ever. They beat the Titans. They took advantage of a team that, you know, didn't look like they were totally ready to play, wanted to just get out of Dodge. They're tough circumstances. Tannehill played okay. 
I like everything the Jets did, and you can only go based off one game. I think you know that crowd at home is is going to be as excited and pumped up for a game as they've been in a few years. Uh, I like the New York Jets in that game for sure. Give me that one. All right, so moving on to the team on the other other side of the locker room at MetLife Stadium, you have the New York Giants. Um, this looks to be a Sunday night game in Dallas. They are a three-point uh, underdog. So I'm going to take the New York Giants in this game. I'm going to tell you why. I think that the Cowboys' defense went against a team that, with Greg Olson out, was a little decimated. I think the Giants' offense is going to improve. I think they're going to have to figure something out with this offensive line. I really do, and I think they're going to start to figure it out. And I think the Giants' defense is going against a very anemic Cowboys' offense, and as long as you can contain Ezekiel Elliott, I think that the Giants not only have a chance to um, who always play the Cowboys well at home, especially Eli. Eli plays really, really well down there in Dallas. I think not only do you have a chance to cover this game, I think they have a chance to take this game outright on the money line. Yeah, this is the second straight week that we will agree on the locals. And when I was watching the Giants game on and, and saw them lose on Sunday, I was ready to go with Dallas. I said, yeah, I'm going to have to pick against my Giants. Uh, that's what I get for being a fan in week one. And then I saw what Dallas did or didn't do, rather. And then I said, you know what? It's a battle of two bad offenses. I think the Giants have the skill positions where they can take advantage of some bigger plays. Dallas does not. Both offensive lines struggle. I think that the Giants' offensive line was beaten by a just far superior defensive line in Jacksonville. The Cowboys do not have that. I think Barkley puts together a couple nice runs. I think Beckham has a huge game. And I think Eli, like he always does, is going to give the Giants a chance to win down there in Dallas. Give me the Giants also on that line and give me the opportunity for them to win outright. They need to get their first win of the season. They're going to get it on Sunday night football in Dallas. Oh, man, I'm wishing you the best on that one. I'll yeah. be rooting for him. I definitely will. All right, so we're going to go with our other two picks. We basically can pick any of the rest of the games, um, and we'll tally it up at the end of the year with the bet. So I am taking the Minnesota Vikings. They are minus one point. They are a favorite. They are a road favorite against the Green Bay Packers. I think that the Minnesota Vikings are going to cover this spread and they're going to win this game because Aaron Rodgers is hurt. And if there's a few defenses that are better than the Chicago Bears, I think the Minnesota Vikings are definitely one of them. I think that their defense is going to um, just really, really go after Aaron Rodgers in that injury. He's going to be playing out of the shotgun, but those corners can cover those wide receivers. And I think that their offense is just going to go out and smack them right in the mouth. I think Kirk Cousins in his second week is going to be even more comfortable. Dalvin Cook getting a feel for things coming off that ACL. And I think they're definitely going to win more by more than a point in Green Bay. And this game looks a hell of a lot better for me if you find out that Aaron Rodgers can I was just going to say, how do you think that line's going to change if Deshaun Kaiser starting? Yeah, I totally agree with you. In, in that in that standpoint, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers on the road as a seven and a half point favorite at Buffalo. Going against Buffalo, nice. I and I will do that for a second consecutive week because they've gave me absolutely no reason to change my mind from week one. Buffalo sucks. Um, I don't know who's going to start at quarterback, but I do know that he's not going to be very good. The Chargers are mad at why they Bold lost that first that he's game. Not yeah, be very good. yeah. Let's see how it works out for him. Um, it won't work. It won't work well. Listen, Philip Rivers had a really good game uh, in L.A. You know, they lost to a supremely good offensive team in Kansas City. Mahomes, as we spoke to, threw the ball all over the place. Buffalo's not going to be able to do that. 
seven and a half is, you know, honestly, I think that's even a little light because I don't see how the Bills score points. That that defense doesn't doesn't do much for me. I think the Chargers offense goes nuts. I think the Chargers defense gets back into a groove. Whether Bosa plays or not, this is an advantage for them um, to kind of get back into that AFC West picture. Uh, what better way to do it? They don't have to deal with Buffalo in 10-degree weather or in a snowstorm um, in mid-September. That's fine. So give me the Chargers. All right, and for my last pick, I am going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals at home and a pick them over the Baltimore Ravens. I just think this Cincinnati Bengals team is a little bit underrated. They may end up making the playoffs. You never know. They could be a little bit frisky. I think this this is always a, this is always an absolute war between these two teams. That division just lets to beat the shit out of each other. And I think the Bengals just have too much offense for this team. I think that, you know, they played great against the Buffalo Bills, but I, I just think the Bengals have too much. I think Joe Mixon came into his own last week. I think he's going to have another monster week. A.J. Green is one of the best wide receivers in football. And if Andy Dalton can just manage his way and the defense can take care of business, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to have nearly the game he did last week. I would hope not for Cincinnati's sake. Um, I think that Cincinnati is going to go ahead and take this and pick him. That's an interesting take. I like it. I like it. Thank I'm going to go to Monday Night Football. And I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. I was impressed with what I saw um, on Sunday. I, I didn't think that they were going to score much against the uh, a really talented Denver defense. They were able to muster up 24 points, and that was without um, Doug Baldwin. They're at home. We know how that fan base is at That's home. They're going to have a Monday night game early in the season. They love it. Uh, or I'm sorry, the game's at Chicago, but truthfully, the, I think that, that that they still carry. I, I don't really love how Opportunity Chicago... Opportunity to revise. Yeah, I, I, yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm still going to go with them I'm in still Chicago. Gonna, okay. Yeah, I'm still going to take them in Chicago. I just read it wrong. But truthfully, I still don't trust Trubisky. I mean, I think they played okay. I, I don't like... I don't like uh, Green Bay's defense. Chicago on Monday night, I've seen them get a couple early season Monday night games and kind of shit the bed. Um, Seattle another road game but you know what why not Russell Wilson's going to make plays um Khalil Mack obviously helps that defense we'll see what Roquan Smith can do Steven even still in Chicago give me Seattle with the favorite there all right so that just about wraps it up for this podcast we previewed all four of our picks and recapped uh last week so we will talk to you guys next Monday when we go over our, our more regular podcast. And uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Follow us on Instagram, sorry underscore sports. Follow us on Twitter, sorry sports. And as always, check out the website and have a good night. night.